hipsters, matzo ball soup, and movies, all today on the Booterverse. This is episode 12 of the Booterverse, and thank you so much for tuning in. We have a great show for you today. We have Vasily, our intrepid foreign correspondent, with us today. And unfortunately, Judy Scheinbaum won't be with us, but we have Glenn from Scotland answering your questions. Actor Luke Beavers is with us talking about the cinema all today on the Booterverse. Today's episode of the Booterverse is brought to you by the Unicycle. The Unicycle. Were two wheels too expensive? And now for news in my orbit. Move over, Major Singh. Your Guinness record for the largest turban is in jeopardy. A 60-year-old Indian Sikh may be wearing the new world record holder if his claims about its measurements prove accurate. It is either the greatest dedication to headgear of all time or the most staggering example of male overcompensation ever witnessed. Avatar Singh Mooney's 100-pound turban measures 2,115 feet long. Everywhere he goes, people flock to see the outsized wrap that takes him six hours to put on. On the rare times Moni says that he doesn't have his turban on, he feels incomplete and feels he may float off into outer space. While it takes an incredible amount of stamina to wear the turban, the question still remains, does having that extra material on your head really offer that much more protection? Moving to Brazil, a small Brazilian town populated solely by women has announced that it is starting its own dating website. Preferring to live in a matriarchal society, the women who have married send their husbands away to work and allow them to return home only on the weekends. Sons are forced to hit the road at age 18. While they do say there is practically no fighting or flatulence in their blissful burg, they are nonetheless left with a bit of a problem. Finding a man. Enter matriarchymeet.com. The brainchild of a 23-year-old resident who created the site for the purposes of finding not only males, but ones who would be suitable for the unusual lifestyle the villagers lead. The website warns that sensitive clingy types aren't welcome. The only men that need apply are those who are fine with screwing around and then hitting the road. One resident said it best, You know, we just want guys who don't need us emotionally. In music news, Justin Vernon, frontman for the band Bon Iver, has sued Weir Al Yankovic for not parroting any of his music. According to Vernon's legal counsel, he said, That's the whole reason I wrote Skinny Love. I had a vision in my head of how Al's video would look, complete, with an extended accordion solo. And what kind of idiot writes 50 songs with titles that are names of cities unless they are begging to be made fun of? Vernon admitted that he thought his time had come with the rock satirist's latest album, and his disappointment turned to rage when he learned that he had once again been passed over, much like the matzo ball soup in Yankovic's favorite holiday. It's not yet known whether the case will go to trial, but one thing is clear. Leave it up to a hipster to be upset about not being made fun of. And now from hipsters to Eastern Europe. After NATO released satellite photos of Russian tanks being moved into the Ukraine, creating panic over potential escalation of hostilities in the region, the Russian military has claimed that they are just setting up a park and ride. Needing a place to combine passengers, the Russians needed a place to launch into the express lane. Our country is going nowhere fast without access to the carpooling lane, suggested Russia's deputy foreign minister for transportation procurement. He went on to say that tanks belong in only one lane, the fast lane. 
And that's been it for news in my orbit. Today's episode of the Booterverse is brought to you by Bowling Pins. Bowling Pins, the only object that likes getting hit with balls in the face. And now for a segment we like to call Back in the Ukraine with Vasily Krapov. When we last left Vasily, he was at an underground discotheque having what I could only assume was a wonderful time. My reports are that Vasily has been on the move. Vasily, are you with us? Hello, Emery. It is good to see you. It is Vasily, and I am here for you today. Let me tell you, lots of things happening in Ukraine, lots of happening things in Europe. I am loving it. It is good timing. I'm glad to be here reporting for you. Thank you, Vasily. What's going on? Well, let me tell you, I was just at NATO headquarters. And listen, but let me tell you, Ukraine not member of NATO yet, but we are trying to join club. It is like treehouse for international places. You can go up in tree and people cannot bother you. And we do not Russians wanting bother us no more. For us, okay, for, for being where we are, we want to live in big tree. Well, no, no touchy for you. No touchy, no touchy special places. And of course, let me tell you, Russia like pedophile uh, on playground. He liking touching Ukrainian special places. They need to stop. Okay, for you. It is hate crime or something. It is not good. But we go to NATO and we said, NATO, we like your name. It is good acronym. Is this what you call it? Acronym. It's like a spider, yes? Vasily, no, it's not like a spider that's an arachnid. Whatever, it does not matter what you are saying. It it is pointed. NATO is seriously considering letting us in Boys and Girls Club, and I am very happy about that. Vasily, it's not a Boys and Girls Club. It's for nations. Let me tell you, some nations are men, some nations are girls. Let me tell you, France, I think you know where they stand. Germany, you know where they stand. Hello, Latvia? Kind of ambiguous, okay? Let me tell you, no one knows where Latvia is on the boys-girls scale. But let me tell you, lovely people in the Latvia. The Latvians, lovely people. But anyway, Vasily, not to cut in, but can you show me where Russia touched you? Let me tell you, this is sensitive subject, and I need geographical three-dimensional map to be able to do this. In court of law, it is called, uh, where do you touch me? That's it? Of course, this is very important, because if, if Russian is touching in special places, usually they have a doll, and there is no Ukrainian doll perfect enough to show us where it is, because what Russians do is they have these little uh, babushka dolls or whatever, and they keep with the layers, they, it's like big onion, and you never know where they're touching you. You know, they just pop off another person, it's popping out of it. It is like midget in car, or it's clowns in the circus. I don't understand it, but this is what Russia does. They say, oh, that is not me, but they're just a little person in another little person. I don't not understand it. There's no need to get agitated. Now, can you tell me what the NATO summit actually gave the Ukrainian people? They talk more than uh, girls at the junior high school level. They are talking and talking and talking. They, they, if you want to look at action, seriously, you need to go to Fred House to get to find that much more action, okay? This is silly. They just are talking. We need NATO to lovely take acronyming and send the p- people to help us. I'm sure that, that NATO will will gladly uh, welcome you into their arms. Let me tell you, it is like in-laws. Of course, they hug you at first, but listen, you sit down for dinner at Christmas time, and what happens? They are now upset because you don't have perfect hen. Okay, listen, I had to get wild turkey, and they wanted hen. What am I supposed to do, okay? My in-laws are horrible people, and I do not like them. You know what they are like? They are like Crimeans, okay, for you. They are always crapping about how they want to go back to Russia. They, how they want to, everything was better when we were part of Russia. Blah, 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 blah.
blah, blah. And all I am saying is, listen, have the hen. Eat the hen, okay? If you want it, go buy it yourself. Listen, go to grocery store. Go to big chain store. Go to Walmart, Ukrainian Walmart, and get yourself crappy hen. But what we have here is turkey. And you eat the turkey. Vasily, did you have a bad holiday with the in-laws? I do not want to talk about it. All right, Vasily, it's, it's great that you're taking a stand. How are you getting back from NATO? Well, let me tell you, as much as I do these belly aching about the Russians, they let me ride on one of their tanks, and we are actually on the road right now at, at the this pit stop. Is this what you call a pit stop? Do you mean a rest area? Whatever, it does not matter. It's where tank stops and, you know, you go to vending machine and you get little uh, snacks, like the sneakers and the snackers and the, all these sort of things. Well, are they treating you well? Of course, Russians always treat us well. They, they send us champagne and caviar, but I feel like it is like first date. You know, then all of a sudden we're getting rotten tomatoes and uh, crappy rice. You know what I'm talking about. So, we will see. All right, Vasily, we'll stay classy and stay safe on those Russian tanks, and I hope that the NATO summit has been and will be fruitful. Well, only time will telling, but let me tell you what is always bringing people together, let me guess. The discotheque! That's been it for another episode of Back in the U-Ukraine. We'll be back right after this. Today's episode of the Buddhaverse is brought to you by penguins. Penguins, because someone had to walk like your old Aunt Ida. Welcome back. Judy is unable to be with us here for her lovely segment, The Last Lung with Judy. So filling in for her and answering your questions is a lovely Scotsman by the name of Glenn McDougall. Glenn, you're on the Booterverse. Welcome. That's right. I'll tell you what. Answering these questions, I, I, I don't know what to do with them. I see them all the time and I'm like, what does this woman do all the time? I can't believe you brought me on your show to be able to do this. Ah, it's demeaning and demoralizing, but let's get started. Speaking of me demeaning and demoralizing, it's kind of like living in Scotland. I'll tell you what, in the moors, if that's not demeaning and demoralizing, I don't know what is. I mean, it makes you feel like you're a man in pantyhose, and I don't support that one bit. However, I do wear a skirt without any underwear, so there is a bit of a quandary to raise up. So, for that first question, let's see. Oh, look at this, from Bubba in Lubbock, back Texas. How do you feel about e-cigs? Oh, you like your e-cigarettes, do you? Fine. Look at you, you want to die from cancer, you wee little pansy. You can't even walk around with a regular one. Seriously, we were smoking tree bark back when I was a child, and here you are, whining and complaining about vapour. The next thing you're going to want to know is, why can't I have my vapour in the movie theatres and smoke while I'm out in public? And then people are getting all their panties in a twist because I can't smoke my e-cig. Well, fine. There you go, you little pansy, with your, with your pear-shaped prune-loving vapors. I'll tell you what, if I wanted to smoke a hookah, I'd go to wherever hookahs are smoked, and I'd have a great old time, but I don't have to carry one with me like Charles Bronson and his firearm, if you know what I mean. Next question. All right, Maisie in Kereva, Finland. Where the Finland is that? What is a good TV show to watch with my boyfriend? He's hot. Oh, what's hot? What would you suggest? Oh... You want me to suggest a little TV show for you? You're sitting at home in front of your little monitor and your blue lights. Look at you, you dumb piece of Finnish crap. I'll tell you what, if you can't read a freaking book at this day and age, I don't think there's any hope for this world in general. So why don't you get your mind off your tube and your mind off your hot boyfriend and get your nose in a book? 
Seriously, I've got a pair of spectacles you could borrow, and I hope you like them, because you're going to need it for all the fine print when we take you to task for not reading as much as you should. But seriously, if you'd like a TV show, I like that Craig Ferguson fellow. He's very nice. All right, moving on. All right, here's Erlene. Erlene. Oh, what a lovely name that is. Erlene in Great Falls MT. Is that Montana? If orange is the new black, what is the new orange? What kind of crazy crappy question is that? If orange is the new black and black is the new orange. I'm not a color wheel specialist. People don't call me Roy G. Biv when I walk into a bar. And you should be ashamed of yourself asking such a dilettante little question. So there, take that, you orange and black. Listen, it's not Halloween. I don't care what it is. But you don't need to ask crazy crappy questions. Next question. Orange is a new black. Seriously, that question is ridiculous. Where does she get the nerve asking me about colours? My God. Listen, I'm not in kindergarten anymore. I don't open my box of Crayola crayons and say, Ooh, look at that. Here's an orange. There's a black. What's the new one of this? What's the new one of that? They're the same colours. Never mind. Let's move on. Last question. Here's from Pamela in Goleta, California. What Goleta? What kind of a name is that? Where do you get such a name? It doesn't even make sense. It sounds like the string that's used to tie my mother's apron strings. And let me tell you, those things were hard and sassy, just like my mum. So Pamela asks, if I have so much gas from a gluten allergy, what does one do about it? Oh, Pamela, you've got a little gluten allergy, do you? You can't eat the grains, can you? You're walking around without a loaf of bread. You know the human species got along for millennia eating loaves of freaking bread. And here you are complaining that you've got the gassy wombuses. And let me tell you something. If I needed gas, I'd marry the Hindenburg blimp. And here you are complaining that you don't have enough gas. I don't even... This seriously, you're not a petrol station. You're a darn human. And you've got gas? Well, thanks be to God that you've got gas. Seriously, there are places that could heat their winter homes because of the gas you've had from gluten. So seriously, my sweetheart, keep eating those loaves of bread because your gluten allergy doesn't mean a, a bucket of bolts to anybody. But seriously, if you do want to know, sometimes I use a little gas X if I'm gassy from the haggis. All right, fine, here we are. Okay, uh, the last question, I think this is from, what is it says? Uh, Sharon in Temperance, Missouri. Ah, temperance. That's where I can get my mind around. That's nice. Sharon asks, what is the ice bucket challenge and why is it caught on? Well, let me tell you why it's caught on. It's like a better version of waterboarding. I'll tell you what, the American government doesn't need to waterboard anymore. All your friends need to do is nominate you, put you up there and duck a bucket of cold ice right on your face. And let me tell you, that thing smarts harsher than a wicked look from the Queen. And let me tell you, she is a sassy lady and I like her very much. But I want you to know that we have some real problems in Scotland with the ice bucket challenge. First of all, it's cold. That's all you need to know. And we don't like to get wet because our, low, our flowing locks can't really survive the water. So if you want to hydrate yourself, get a bottle and put it in your mouth. Don't dump a bucket on your head. So seriously, eh? Water bucket challenge, like water boarding. Second of all, get a bottle of water, not an ice bucket. Second of all, God saved it well. You know where I was going with it. And thirdly, if you're going to do anything, you could always dump a bucket of chicken on your head. I think that's what the booter did. That's been it for your questions. Go away now. Go away. 
Thank you for answering our questions, Glenn. We'll be sure to have you on as soon as we can. Thank you! I'll see you later! Yeah, it was fun. I liked it. We'll be right back after this. Today's episode of the Booterverse is brought to you by Ska Bands. Ska Bands, because that brass section wasn't getting any work anyway. Well, Booterites, we are back, and I am now sitting down with actor Luke Beavers right in the studio. Luke, it's great to have you on. Uh, It is great to be here. It is wonderful to be here. I'm very pleased to be here. I'm glad that you're pleased to be here. Uh... I'm I, giving you a lot of... I'm just letting you, you go are, with that. You are. I know. It's the rope. It. He's giving me the rope, mm-hmm. my friends, and I am hanging myself. I just mispronounced his name not but minutes ago. And how do you mispronounce Luke? It's pretty much impossible to do, and yet... It's one syllable. It is basically just one syllable. Mm-hmm. As names go, mm-hmm. one of the easier ones. You could accidentally say it. That's how easy it is. Absolutely, yeah. You could yeah. just be talking, and all of a sudden, Luke, Luke, like, slips I mean, out. like some guttural sound, right? Sort of a vomiting out of, of your yeah. name. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Now, Luke, you are an actor. Yeah. How long have you been acting? Um, I've been acting for about um, I would say eight years. Eight years would be uh, would be pretty accurate. Eight years, <laughs> so just shy of a little decade. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Um, I went to school to do both. Thought, how am I ever going to make a, a living being an actor? Right. Because not a lot of actors are actually making a living. A lot of no, coffee bean, no. mm-hmm. you know, employees. Also, I mean, like, I assume most actors have their mother telling them they're not going to make any money. And I was probably one of the ones who listened. Oh, so that good was for probably, you. <laughs> that was probably... The issue there. So I switched. I did both. I did. I did. I did acting, and and I got into film production. I thought maybe I could direct and write. And maybe that'll help. Does with it scratch that. the itch that you have, the producing? You know what? It doesn't. Mm. It really doesn't because <sighs> producing is nice. You get all the power. You're talking to people. You're making the deals. You're making things happen. I am. But it's. I think you really have to get some satisfaction for doing that. I I don't I do to a degree if I can get a little bit of a little bit little bit of satisfaction knowing I connected someone with someone else and that was positive. That's cool. If it was my job, I would. So you're uh, saying quit. you can't get no satisfaction? I can't. I can't get no satisfaction at all. At all. Mm. That's so sad. I mean, I I think you could probably use that in your acting. That sort of angst that you have about not getting that satisfaction. You can. You can use anything you want in acting, really. I mean, like, you have so much better of a time going into an audition after a really crappy day, like, or a really good day. Or, for instance, there was one day I went into an audition and my grandpa was just diagnosed with cancer. Very heavy stuff. Very, like, like, I was completely... I mean, like, and I say that flippantly now, but it was... So, so, so heavy. And you think, how am I supposed to do anything? How am I supposed to function? You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go ahead and put all this pain and all this suffering into this monologue that some guy wrote, who I can't even remember who wrote it, and then see if I can get a job. I got the job. You got the job? I got the job. Well, congratulations. I know. So, I mean, like... What what were you playing? 
this job that you got? Uh, I was just playing some punk who gets punched in the face. Yes. That was it. Seeing your face right now, I could see mm. that that still took. You know, it needs some work. Mm. And I think that punching is probably the best thing. Do you want more work as an actor getting punched in the face? Um, that has been like my primary role so far. It's like, hey, be just a pretty okay guy who who gets punched in the face or be an okay guy who um gets frozen or be an okay guy who uh you know gets hit in the face with a wrench right like, so a lot of a lot getting of, hit in the face a lot of getting hit in the face a lot of pain but think about it though hopefully you won't be typecast now as the guy who gets hit in the face i'm gonna be honest with you i would be okay getting typecast as a guy who gets hit in the face because at least that guy has a job right a lot of work there mm -hmm. kind of like the red like, shirts ah. in star trek they're gonna die but you always need more of them. exactly mm. and after like say 40 times of getting hit with various items in the face right i would hope that i would have enough recognition to where i could expand and maybe i get hit in the balls this time instead of getting hit in the face wow this is great so as an actor expanding your career would be getting hit in the balls exactly like how am i going to express this guy's total pain am i a dad am i some guy who's on a fishing trip who's pulled a salmon out of the water and then as i'm pulling it out i'm like i got me a salmon and it just knocks me right in the nards bam Exactly. Fishing story. If there are mm -hmm. any directors out there, casting directors, who need a man to get hit in the balls while possibly fishing, mm -hmm. Luke Beavers is your man. Yeah. Uh, any fine. connection? Beavers, last name, you know, that's obviously Beavers, an animal. Any connection to the out of doors? No, not at all. The French, who I assume never went outside. I don't know much about the French. They were, I, I understand that they were an inside people who enjoyed cake. I had, think, yeah, I mean... Yeah, let's just go with that. Good. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to stick with it. Look, if I need to know more, I'll have Wikipedia, and it's on my phone. Sure, I mean, and we could talk about that, but there's so much more to discuss. So you are mm. a man of the cinema, sir. Yeah, I like movies. Excellent. So what's going on in the cinema right now? A Anything lot. good going on? I think it's a mixed bag. A mixed bag. Talk I mean, like, me it's that. any it's any art, and especially right now, I think there's a, I think there's a huge divide of... Uh, of on movies right now you have it's never been easier to make a movie before you have very very cheap equipment people want to do it people are very skilled tons and tons of people lots going, of actors wanting to get hit in the balls exactly which it's difficult when you have so many people who are right. not Plus only schooled cup, in it outside you know, of there to get right you have to have the acting cup Oh, there's a special acting cup. Well, it's it's shaped just like, you know, the drama faces? Right, yes. It's funnier if you have the frowny face, but a lot of people are going with the smiley face. Right. Hmm. But, um, well, it is called Mr. Happy for a reason. <laughs> I mean, is, that, is, that, is that yours? No, no. No? I, no, no. I, we don't need to do it. My mother, <laughs> my mother, my mother listens to this. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> but but just know that I I am under the impression that certain people use that phrase. That is my my conception of things. I I believe I've heard that somewhere. Okay. Excellent. So I'm I will... not just shooting no. blanks in the dark. Here. You're not. You're okay. not, but I'll agree with you. I mean like we've all got straight you'll you'll agree I with will. me. You know what? I'm really just gonna I'm taking a shot in the dark in there. I'm guessing that's the John Smith of that world. The John Smith exactly. of that world. Mm -hmm. Well, let's find my Pocahontas because it's time to explore. <laughs> now, Luke, 
we were talking about acting and the cinema. Yes. I have to say it like a cinema. Well, you have to because that's how Jiminy Glick used to yes, do it. Yes, of course. <laughs> I love Jiminy. I love him. I do. It's like sassafras, my dear wife. Ooh, sassafras. Sassafras. That's a that's a word where there's so many chances you can you can really take a point and say I want to emphasize this sound. Right. Like, sassafras. Sassafras or sassafras. Yeah. Or like sassafras. See what I did there? Sassafras. Sassafras. Yeah. Wow. See, this is where your acting chops come into play, sir. Mm. I mean, not a, nor- a normal person would not have been able to think about that. No, I, I mean, like, it's it's one of those things. You're going to get the same script everyone else gets when you go into an audition. Right. So, is it like that episode of Friends where Joey goes into the audition and everybody is dressed in, like, jeans, a black shirt, and a black leather jacket? Is oh, that what it's like? Generally, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that yeah, kind yeah. of like the actor wardrobe? That, not in particular, but say I get a script and I go, Amish person. Well, everyone's going to dress like they're an Amish mo- mofo. I mean, mo- like, An Amish mofo. An Amish mofo. Or like I did uh, I did an audition for a movie about moonshiners in like Eastern Kentucky. Sure. And I don't sound like I'm from Eastern Kentucky. But you know what? It's a job. It's a, it's a thing. I'll go in there and I will try my best. I will try my best with it. Ever accent I can come up with, I'll watch the Duck Dynasty. I'll watch Moonshiners on History Channel and see if I can pick up something. Right to where it'll be interesting. And how, how'd it go? Uh, you know what? I did not get. Mm. I did not I get did, cast. I did not get Ed. But Ed. you know what? I, you know what did happen? I made a good connection, and now I got, and then I got part of the crew. Is it kind of like dating? Is this like it is like speed dating where maybe you won't go out with the person you want to go out with, but maybe someone will pick you up? I think it's a lot like. Finding an okay person at work to date oh, or get married to. Like, you quit. Right. So you you meet someone new and they're kind of interesting and you're like, I'm not going to date you. But for some reason, you end up hanging out a lot with each other. Right. You end up talking about the same things. Mm-hmm. Then three months down the line, you're like, you know what? Maybe you are good enough to be in my next movie. Or maybe you are good enough to hold a boom pole. Right. Or, so, or... so you like holding the boom poles, do you? I don't like holding the boom but pole. But you will for your craft. I will hold a boom pole just just to, you know, be a part of it. Just to be, just you to know. Experience. Just to experience. Just to experience it because the you're going to meet people. You're going to have fun. If you like making movies, if that's what you want to do, you will do everything you can to be a part of it. You will do everything you can to make that a part of your life. So if it's not what I want to do, but I know I can do it and I know I'm okay at it, I'm going to do whatever I can on set because I can learn something. I can meet someone who may know something that I don't know. I can meet better actors, better directors, better writers, and just grow myself beyond it. So, What's the hardest thing to know or to learn about the, the movie-making biz? The hardest thing to learn... Or maybe for you, what's the hardest thing to learn? I think or for a long... Was, maybe you know it already now. I think something that was a big revelation for me... Ah, revelation. Mm, mm. Was that it really doesn't matter what your role is at all. Whether, on, whether you're an actor, whether you're a crew member on set, it doesn't matter at all. You just have to be a very friendly, very determined, knowledgeable person. Know your role, know what you want to do, and just be just be friendly. Right. Like, I mean, like not, so many there... people are not friendly. Really? 
they're they they want to be actors. They want to be directors of photography or directors, and they're aggressive and they're, and they're thespians. Determined. Yeah, I mean, like, and I get that, and you can do it, and and I'm I'm like that way too. If I'm in my role and I'm doing that, if I'm doing that because that's my job is to right. be that. Sometimes you've got to be an ass. Sometimes you have to really. <laughs> Not you, sir. No. Exactly. Well, I, I mean, know, like, why am I turning into Jiminy Glick right now? I don't, I don't know. What am I doing to you? Because we're talking about the cinema. We're talking about the cinema. The cinema. Cinema. I will try I w- to will... not rip off Martin Short's character. I'm sorry, Martin, because I know you listen. You're an avid listener to, of the Buddhaverse. I'm sorry. I'll stop now. Well, I'll give you a little pass because a lot of people tell me I'm very, very Steve Martin-ish. Oh! So that's probably what's happening. Are you saying that I'm the Martin Short to your Steve Martin? I will allow it. Huh? Well, you've heard it here. Today, well, the Booters like uh, Martin Short. I'll take that, too. Mm-hmm. Mm. Mm. That's your revelation. Oh, my. Mm-hmm. I'm going to need to take a minute to think about that. Okay, and we're back. Now, speaking of revelation, being nice, that's it. That's, that's it. the revelation. Be nice. Be nice. Be, uh, ask questions and know your job. That's it. Do, Do people that. like ask, answering questions? I know that's a broad question yes. because it varies yes. per person. You know, they really do. They don't, they don't like answering them twice. Again, that's a great, that is a great mm. mantra for life. Always mm-hmm. ask a question. Don't need to ask it twice. Right. If you're gonna ask it, learn it. <laughs> like right. It, because why yeah. ask mm-hmm. if you don't want to know? Right. That's a good point. I would say that that's that's probably really good advice. If you care, you're not gonna have to ask it twice because you've been listening. Mm. And if you haven't been listening, then you probably have something else on your mind, and you should be doing that. Now, have you mostly been doing pop movies or uh, indie films? Oh, I've been doing indie films. I've been doing commercials. I've been doing short indie films that I've produced myself. Any web series? I have it. Are you an actor if you just do a web series? Does that count? I would say, uh, I would say you better hope so. I mean, like, oh, <laughs> well, I would say if you didn't, that's a little caddy for. <laughs> I mean, you better hope so. I, I really do. I don't. I I think if if you didn't think that. Um, web or pod podcast stars could be actual stars then you should probably stop doing what you're doing because what we have to remember is that whether we do anything at all someone's going to watch it someone's going to take notice someone's going to look at it or listen to it or listen to it someone's going to experience it and if it's good they're going to tell someone else and that person will listen to it and tell someone else and that's how you you get an audience i think a lot of times we look too often at the at the um, convenient channels of distribution, whether that be TV or, or movies or regular radio. But we have podcasts now, and people are listening to those so much more than radio sometimes because you can pick and choose. It's 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 your decision. And, and pick and choose exactly what time you want to listen exactly. to it. You know, so it's very mm-hmm. convenient. Well, you've got Hulu, you've got Netflix, and then there's there's been a couple of studies come out that say... Um, the younger generation, be that about like say thirteen to, I believe it's like uh, twenty two, okay, like the you know that in between stage where you're getting into high school, getting out of college, they identify with YouTube stars, quote unquote, like they they hold them at the same level that you know movie stars get. 
like that's they have the same influence they have the same love for those people but is it in the same way though because we've always seen movie stars as sort of the untouchables right and you know sort of the royalty in their own hollywood sphere and now we have these youtube sensations uh, like tyler oakley for example that's why that's why that's why they're important is because they're just like me and you because are, are they really? They I mean, are because Luke, any I mean, any person can get out a microphone and get out a video camera at this point, just like you, and that's nothing. <gasps> that's no, not <laughs> throwing down the gauntlet. See, you brought back. Jimmy. I'm gonna I'm gonna throw so. it on you. I'm gonna throw it on you. You're just like everybody else, and that is that is freeing and that is empowering, all in the same tone. Oh, go on. Think about it. you're just like the jerk who put in. A microphone into his iPhone is like, hey, uh, Tony, let's talk about our day. And then they do that. Or you're just as important as someone who, say, Mark Marin, who started a podcast out of his garage. He's a comedian, a little bit more, you know, higher up as far as notability. But he's had so many people come in, started off with little comedians that he's met on his circuit. And, I mean, he gets people... He had Leonard Maltin on the other day, so I mean, and who like, wouldn't want to interview? Who Leonard wouldn't Malton? want to interview Leonard Maltin? So you, I mean, like you're doing what you're doing because you love it, right? And if people see that and people identify with it, they're going to catch on. YouTube is just as legitimate as NBC or ABC. Oh my, that is a broad and inter- I think that's a scary concept for people. Why? I mean, it's why. Well, because it upsets the status quo, right? It does. And it's a great new world, right? But it's all the Wild West. We're all vying for listeners. We're all vying for hits. We're all vying for clicks. And doesn't the content suffer at some point in all of that mess? I would say that if you didn't get popular on your own merit, you wouldn't be popular if someone else picked you up and put you on the national scene. There's a reason someone says that guy has something and promotes him or gives him a chance. And that's because you can reach a general audience. And I think that's something that we as artists are terrified about. That our, that our art and that our, what we make is so accessible that everyone can get it. Because at that point, why is it important? If everyone can get it, how is it significant? Or if any everyone can do it, how is it significant? Exactly. It's just that not everyone can do it well. Not everyone can do it well, and not everyone has the balls to do it. Well, that's true. But here's the thing, though. We've always known that to be the case, because there are good actors, and there are bad actors. And there are bad actors who keep getting recurring roles on things. Mm-hmm. And I feel like if there are such good people out there in the universe, dare I say the Buddhaverse, why are they left to sort of rot in the milieu of the day, whereas these, I believe, no-talent clowns are, are keep getting these roles? These, these people with less talent keep getting these roles. Because they have a role to play. They have some kind of role to play. Whatever that may be, they appeal to something and someone in such a way that's so universal. Maybe I want to make this universally bad. Maybe I want to give you the idea that this could be bad to kind of, kind of draw you in and, and, and make you question this person's talent. I mean, like, when uh, Requiem for a Dream came out and everyone's like, Jared Leto's in it. He's really good. 
For me, I go, Jared Leto sucks. I can't think of a thing he's good in. Oh, my. Like, I, there would be nothing. And this is before uh, Dallas Buyers Club, which, which he was he, very good he, in that. Yeah. I thought he was I thought he was incredible in that. Me too. But when you look at something like that, you see that he has some potential. You see that he has something inside of him. Maybe something was unlocked that the director did. Maybe because he was in this um, movie with this director, you're giving him a chance. Maybe, maybe you're changing your perspective. And that's really all acting, writing, storytelling is, is presenting a perspective and seeing if you can identify with it. Luke Beavers, what's the potential inside you? The potential inside me? Mm -hmm. If somebody Uh, saw Luke Beavers on the screen, what would they, they'd say, this man is destined to do what? This man has something inside of him I cannot identify, and it's disgusting. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, you do the right kind of movies, my friend. (laughs) You can certainly be billed with that. Absolutely. There's no question. If that's what you're vying for, oh, you can have it. My father says I have a very um, uneasy energy to me. An which, uneasy energy? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've never found that to be true. Well, I don't know. Maybe maybe that's just uh, I mean, in the last seen. 20 minutes, I've not found that to be true. Maybe it's what I project. Perhaps. But mm-hmm. here, isn't that all acting is anyway? Yeah. Pretty much, or it's not—it's not acting at all. Mm, it, maybe, maybe this character, maybe this character of Luke Beavers is what's going to work best forever. You never know. And I are don't. you happy to play that role forever? No. Oh, I would hope to change or oh. do something. Hmm. This would be terrible. It would be to always be me. Ooh. I couldn't to always be this. What do you want this all the time? Well, it's not up to me. I think I'm, it's up to you. I think it's up to you. Well, listen, it's I... It's up to your perspective, and it's up to your ideas as to whether this is the Luke you want to see. Or at least pay for on some <laughs> level, you know, whether that... Well, be I mean, the... like, I think you... And maybe at one point in my career, you will be able to pay for me because I won't be on screen anymore. Oh. Well... <laughs> I don't think... If, I, if, I, if I think Luke, that's the if, most uncomfortable I've ever made you. If, if Hobo... <laughs> if Hobo Luke Beaver's comes to my doorstep after the Buddhaverse is a national phenomenon and a success. And he says, Emery, Buddha, I need you to take me in the wayward lad that I am. You know, Luke, I'll take you in. You'll do it? Yeah, we'll do it. We'll, okay. We'll get, you, we'll get you a little space. We can do a little something on the Buddhaverse. All right. You know what I mean? I'll do it. Producing I'm, I'm going to remember that. It's on the audio. People can listen. Well, say I get poor and lose everything. Maybe my memory is the only thing I've got. And that's right. the last thing I remember. Must find Buddhaverse. Right. It's the only thing going through my head as I scrape along the streets so of Los Angeles. Ho- I was going to say a hobo <laughs> in L.A. with a tra- Like, where is the bit? Like, you know. Buddhaverse. Like a Frankenstein monster trying to find me? I don't know what I've gone through at that point, but I've got some scars. I... Don't we all? <laughs> Luke, at this point, I always like to give the guests an opportunity to say what not to the fans, to the listeners. You can plug anything, say anything. The floor hmm. is yours. I, I, you know what? I don't have a lot to plug right now. Um, you know what I'll say? I had a really good time in El Paso, Texas. Um, my grandpa just passed away. Wonderful man. Beautifully complicated man. What I would say is um, when something awful happens, when something bad happens, uh, 
and you don't really know how to deal with it, even if you've been expecting it, even if the person you know has been sick for a while or maybe it's just a bad situation, something good can come out of it. Something incredible can come out of it. You can connect with people. You can find family again. You can realize why you love them in the first place. Um, as if someone dies. But you can really, really need to take a look at a really bad situation and see what good can I take from this because that is going to change your life. Do you know what good you can take from that circumstance at the moment? Yeah, yeah. I, I met uh, a cousin I didn't even know I had. Um, never met before and connected with immediately. I got to see cousins and family that I haven't seen in years. I got to see a side of my family, my grandpa, my mom, my aunts, my uncles, um, and me that I would have never seen before had not everything aligned the way it did. And I just, I don't think I would have seen it had I not been so open to... um, Everything being okay in a bad situation. Sure. Yeah. Well, well, those, my friends, are some good words. Final question for you, sir. Michael Caine or Beyonce, discuss. Um, I'm going to have to take the Michael Caine route um, because you can say whatever you want about Beyonce. She's doing well. She's doing well for herself, but... In Jaws 4, Jaws the Revenge, Michael Caine single-handedly takes out a rowboat with the intention of killing that shark. How'd that turn out for him? You know what? The shark died in the end, but it wasn't. he didn't do it, but he was willing. And I don't know if Beyonce is willing to take out a lifeboat and fight a shark. Um, that's something that I would like to hear her speak on, so if she's listening... I would like her to you know, respond in some way. It can be a yes or a no. I'll get it. It's fine. But I would like something. Were people on this lifeboat? No, just him. He's like, I'm going to go out and go. I'm, go, I'm Michael Caine. Go, and I'm going to get on my robot. And I'm going to get on my robot. In all honesty, it's kind of like a it's a preview of uh, his role in The Dark Knight. I mean, like. He's... Alfred Pennyworth is based on a man who takes out a lifeboat just to kill a shark. Mm-hmm. Not ending up killing the shark, mind you, mm-hmm. but just the effort is enough. Exactly. Well, I mean, like like he says in uh, Dark Knight, some people just want to watch the world burn, and I really think that that's the shark's view on the world. Like he does not, he does not have an opinion on what you think. He's just ready to take out the Brodies. You know, Luke Beavers, I'm going to confess something to the, the listening audience right now. Uh, here at the Booterverse, we are anti-shark. I am not pro-shark. I don't think that's a problem considering how we've been... Listen, it's an important stance to take, and I'm taking it. Anti-shark? Why are you anti-shark? We're anti-Luke, we're anti-shark, and that's all we need to know about is it. That, is that really just your stance? You're just shark. What don't I like? I don't like sharks. What don't you like about sharks? They're sharks. Luke, it's my show, and I can do it if I want to. Plus, I'm a big whale fan. Well, I like whales, too. I like whales. Actually, I like whales more than sharks. Well, yeah. I don't like sharks at all. I am anti-shark. But I'm pro-shark week. It's a vicious cycle and very psychologically ridiculous. Well, I live every every week like it's shark week, so... Oh, words to live by. Luke Beavers, my friend... I stole live... that. 
That's that is not from me. Luke Beaver <laughs> stole a line, but still, this is true. He lives every week, like it's Shark Week. That's been another episode of the Booterverse, and we will be right back. Dr. Luke Beavers, thank you so much for being here. Thank you to Courtney and Sonny and our production team for making all of this possible, and to Quadrants for composing our theme song. And if you haven't had enough of me here on the podcast, you can join me on social media at The Booter. Not only are we on Facebook and Twitter, but for those of you so sartorially inclined, I'm also on Pinterest. Why on Pinterest? Well, you know, men should be on Pinterest. I know interstellar travel is a bit difficult, but the Booterverse is only a click away.